I'd like to read a quote for you today from a speech that President Theodore Roosevelt gave in Citizenship in a Republic, Paris, France, April 23rd, 1910. And it's called The Man in the Arena. And it says this, it is not the critic who counts, not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man who is actually in the arena, whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood, who strives valiantly, who errs, who comes short again and again, because there is no effort without error and shortcoming, but who does actually strive to do the deeds, who knows great enthusiasms, the great devotions, who spends himself in a worthy cause, who at best knows that in the end, the triumph of high achievement and who at the worst, if he fails, at least he fails while daring greatly, so that his place shall never be with those cold and timid souls who neither know victory nor defeat. Leadership is about taking those steps into the unknown, being uncomfortable, traveling the road less traveled, standing out, standing up, making mistakes, all in the name of change. You must utilize the experiences and the challenges in your life as fuel to overcome future challenges. What you have to offer is valuable, and it may not be to the masses. It may be to that one person. Either way, what you have to give may just set your subordinate or your subordinates on a path to new innovation, new life, and overcoming in their own stories. We are in a pipeline of legacy leadership. You can make an impact. The question is, can you see it? Today, we talk about continuing your legacy of leadership with strategic planning. What can you do to become a legacy leader? All this and more today on the Elite Teams Podcast. Strategic leadership involves the ability to guide anyone toward their long-term goals and objectives. While there isn't a universally agreed upon list of tasks, there are generally four key tasks associated with strategic leadership. Setting direction, strategic leaders are responsible for defining vision, mission, and values. They articulate a clear and compelling vision for the future, outlining what one can aspire to achieve. This involves setting strategic goals and objectives that align with that vision and mission. Aligning resources, strategic leaders ensure that one has the necessary resources, including financial, human, technological, to support strategic objectives. They must make decisions about resource allocation and prioritize initiatives that will contribute most effectively to the long-term success of the individual being led. Motivating and inspiring. Leaders play a crucial role in motivating and inspiring their teams to work towards strategic goals. This involves creating a positive and engaging work environment or a positive, engaging life environment, setting high standards and providing the necessary support and encouragement to help individuals and teams perform at their best. And then finally, monitoring and adapting. Strategic leaders continuously monitor the progress towards one's strategic goals. They use different metrics and performance indicators to assess whether one is on track or off track. 
If necessary, they make adjustments to the strategy response to change internal external circumstances, ensuring that one remains agile and adaptable. In addition to these four tasks, strategic leaders also uh, involve other important activities such as fostering innovation, managing risk, building partnerships, promoting a culture of learning and improvement. I want to let you in on a little secret. I'm not talking about your workplace or how to get ahead in a corporate world. I am talking about how we affect change in our world and in our homes and in our communities. We must identify the strengths and weaknesses of our subordinates and engage them, trust them, and work with them in order to pass on a legacy of leadership. Effective leadership is the ability to inspire, to influence, to guide individuals or groups to achieve a common goal or objective while fostering a positive and productive environment. Effective leaders possess a combination of skills, traits, and behaviors that enable them to lead effectively. Here are some characteristics and principles of effective leadership. Vision. Effective leaders have a clear and compelling vision for the future. They can articulate this vision to inspire and motivate others to work towards that shared goal. Anytime that I go into a school, anytime that I start a new elite program, my primary mission is to cast vision. Anytime that I am showing and explaining what we do in our programs, I want to lay out the vision first. The vision enables one who is on the outside to look in and say, okay, I can buy into this. I can engage because I know which direction that we are going. And then along with that, there's communication. There are excellent communicators who can convey ideas, expectations, and feedback clearly and effectively. They listen actively to others and encourage open and honest communication within the team. Any evolution that we partake in, I pass off communication to each one of our teams and I watch and I observe to see who is communicating, who is standing back because any team that has communication at the forefront with vision and communication, you can lead a team anywhere and they will follow. Empathy, effective leaders understand the needs and perspectives of their team members. They demonstrate empathy and are responsive to concerns and emotions of those they lead. One of our teams down in Nicaragua, we had a young man who came to me before training and said, Mike, I do, I cannot do this. I have cerebral palsy. His body was very constricted. He had trouble moving. He had trouble running. But I told him, I said, you know, brother, I want to let you know something that I believe in you. I believe that you can overcome. I believe that this, this isn't going to be uh, something that you can fall back on all the time. You are who you are. And I love who you are. I want to see you overcome. If you can just give me a little bit, I promise you that you will overcome. And throughout this training for three days, he was moving and crawling and trying his best. And I'll tell you what, his team gathered around him and lifted him over obstacles. They crawled with him. They noticed that he was struggling and they went back and encouraged him and engaged him. And I want to tell you, he passed through training with flying colors. He did incredible. He overcame. Understanding your team members, understanding who is there, what their stories are, what they've endured really does play a part in helping them to overcome.
Adaptability goes along with empathy. They are flexible and, and able to adapt to changing circumstances. They can adjust their strategies and plans to address new challenges or opportunities when necessary. Going back to my friend, going back to my brother, you know, going through this training with cerebral palsy. If anybody knows uh, anybody that that unfortunately has that, will know that it is very difficult to move. But adapting and saying, you know what, I, I want, I would rather see you engage your team member. I would rather see you fail as a team than succeed as an individual. And the team really took that to heart. And everybody was in tears at the end of that finish line, watching this young man who said, initially, I cannot do this now is crossing that finish line after three days with barely any sleep. And he is overcome. And that is such an encouragement, not only to me, not only to the teammates, but also to those who are in training. We want to see them cross the finish line. We don't want to see them fall back into, you know, this is who the world has told me that I am. This is who uh, everybody in my life has, has said and shot me down or pointed me in this direction and said, it's an impossibility for you. We now see this young man leading others to victory. Integrity, integrity and honesty, you know, are fundamental to effective leadership. Trust is built on ethical behavior and consistency between words and actions. Some A really great story of integrity in elite teams. Uh, we had a young man that was down in Nicaragua as well, and I was training. Uh, and my objective is I say, you know, I want you to carry this sandbag for one week. It's a 50-pound sandbag. You fill it up. You name it. You take it. You sleep with it. You eat with it. You carry it around no matter what, even if it's in the middle of the night and I am going to be watching. And if you do not have your sandbag, then you're going to you're going to receive a smoking session, which is basically PT. They're just going to, to do push ups and up downs. And, you know, and so that that was really to uh, to teach them. So in the middle of the night, I'm standing in the shadows, in the corner, I'm, I have my camouflage on and my face painted. They cannot see me. And at around 2 a.m., I'm watching this individual. They're all hugging their bags because they did not want to be caught without their bags of sand. He wakes up. He looks around a little bit. Now, he could have just gotten up, went to the bathroom, ran back, and, you know, no, none the wiser. But really, he looked. He grabbed his bag. He carried it to the bathroom, did his business came back and fell back asleep for the next 10 minutes until I woke them up again with a bullhorn and some flashbangs. And you know, that's exciting. But it was, it really spoke to me. Integrity, doing the right thing when no one else is looking, really spoke to my heart, spoke to my spirit. It was really incredible to watch. Decisiveness, effective leaders are capable of making tough decisions, even in the face of uncertainty. They weigh the available information, consult with others as needed and take action when required. You know, throughout my leadership roles, whether it be in the military, whether it would be, you know, training, elite training, there have been multiple times when tough decisions had to be made, but in the long run might be uncomfortable, but it was for the betterment of the team. And they succeeded because of those tough decisions. Confidence and confidence is one's abilities and decisions is important as it can inspire confidence in others. However, this should not be confused with arrogance. You know, confidence in a decision really does when you have subordinates looking to you, they're looking at how you respond, how you react, that you're not reacting off of emotion. You're reacting with confidence, understanding that the next step that I'm going to take, you can trust me. 
Now, leaders understand this. You're not always right. I'm not always right. So there can't be that pride and arrogance that creeps in that says, you know what? I have all of the right answers. That's not it at all. But if we can learn and grow together, it will create more of a confidence in your subordinates for you as a leader. If you can man up or woman up and say, you know what? I made a mistake and and I want to learn and I want to grow as well. Thank you for helping me and assisting me in that. Accountability. Effective leaders take responsibility for their actions and the outcomes of their decisions. Just like I, just like I said, you know, confidence. People establish confidence because you can prove yourself accountable when you make decisions. They hold themselves responsible first. You know, anything with the results or performance issues or even in, in, on the field or, or in the office or even in your own homes, that it is okay to hold yourself accountable, parents. It is okay to say, hey, I screwed up. I don't have it all together. And that really does build a confidence in your leadership. Delegation, a huge one. Delegate your tasks and responsibilities appropriately, trusting your team to carry out their roles effectively. This empowers individuals and encourages growth. My friends right now down in Central America, we have teams that are operating that are growing more than I could ever even imagined that are moving throughout the schools of Central America, that are engaging young people, that are engaging young people that are going into the gangs, they're engaging government officials, they're engaging uh, older folks. This is something that's been done through delegation, trusting your team members, trusting those people that you've been tasked with leading, giving them the responsibilities and then trusting them and allowing them to screw up at times, allowing them to learn through these difficult circumstances and high stress scenarios, you are there as a voice to engage them. But ultimately, as they act, you want them to start to think in new ways, to start to discover new ways and new perspectives. That's where your voice and the confidence they have in you and your accountability and your decisiveness and all of the above come into play. And right now, we are successful in Central America, in El Salvador, in Nicaragua, in Honduras, because of delegation. Problem solving. You know, effective leaders are skilled problem solvers. They can analyze complex situations, identify root causes, and develop practical solutions. Utilizing the team to grow as a leader, utilizing your people who have been through those problems and difficult circumstances. I don't encourage you ever to sit in a room alone and say, okay, how am I going to do this? What I do is I engage my team. I engage those that are under me, beside me and behind me and say, how can we best move forward as a collaborative unit? This allows me an opportunity to problem solve in an effective way. And having the team on board, they have my back. Inspiration. This is probably one of my most favorite topics, inspiring, motivating others and inspiring their teams through your words and through your actions. You lead by example. You set a high standard for not only yourself, but for those under you. You fight, you toil through it. You show them that it could be done. I was down in Honduras and I was tasked with taking one of our teams through their graduation crucible. It was a 12-hour crucible, started at midnight, 
And uh, it starts off with a flashbang and, and complete chaos and smoke. Now, this was after six months of training, and these young people are running out. And we have some older older gents as well and some older females, but they come running out, and it's mass chaos. And I'm tasked with leading them and inspiring them through this very difficult crucible. And what I didn't know is that every single ligament in my knee was completely gone. It was It was dissolved. I found that out only after... Uh, this, this, uh, this crucible happened. So we're doing a, a ruck march. We're running down the road. They're following me. We're moving faster and faster and faster. And all of a sudden there's a mountain in front of us. And, uh, and of course we're going to take the hill, right? We're going to show them that it is possible. You know, I'm 43 years old. Uh, I'm not a spring chicken anymore. Uh, I have some, some issues with my physical body just from the years of beating it up. Uh, and started to head up this mountain. But what they didn't know uh, is that my knee completely popped out. I had no movement in my knee and I gripped and I clawed and I struggled to the top. And only after uh, I got up halfway, they're noticing there's something going on with me. Uh, my left knee was completely dangling and I was moving up that mountain with my right leg alone and just pulling against whatever I could. And they found out only at the top that uh, that my knee was completely gone and I had to splint it up. Uh, I had to continue everything. I had to continue the crucible. I could not just sit out and let my guys and my gals complete it alone. Inspiring others, you can do this even if, and I don't recommend, you know, <laughs> don't take it as like, you know, this isn't, this isn't a war uh, zone and this isn't a battlefield, uh, but it is. Is it not? You know, there are times to inspire. There are times to lead. And, you know, I came back home and I got it checked out and I had surgery and, and all is well. But it was really neat to see the looks on their faces uh, when, when I say, you know what, you are more important. Leading you to victory is more important. And it really led them uh, to to be inspired and to overcome and say, maybe that Maybe that thing that has been standing in my way, maybe that uh, that hurt or that trauma that I've been facing, you know what? I can engage it. I can hit it head on and I can overcome. Conflict resolution, anyone in leadership will deal with conflict. You know, you can manage conflict and resolve disputes within your group. You aim to create a harmonious and cooperative work environment. It's something that I actually enjoy. I love conflict resolution. I love you know, because a lot of people really act off of emotion. They really don't think initially they, the emotion is what's driving them and compelling them to speak and cause dissent. So if we can back that down, I take it as a challenge. We can work through it and we can get them on the same page. It really does create a bond between those who are in conflict. Does it, it might take longer on one, one side of the coin. It might take less time. But what I'm saying is, as effective leaders, you have that opportunity to be involved and not just walk away and utilize any suffering, any difficulty, any persecution, any hardship to really create a cooperative environment for your team to overcome. Team building, one of my favorites as well in elite teams, you know, effective leaders know how to build cohesive and high performing personnel. They understand the strengths and weaknesses of their team members and leverage them to achieve success. 
we do a team building exercise where we have a, a log, a big giant telephone looking log that teammates have to get on. They must line up in a height line because if they do not, one will have all of the weight, one will have no weight. And they have to traverse a very long course with this log, lifting it up over their heads into various positions. Communication comes into play, knowing your team, delegation, accountability, putting putting out, making sure that you're grabbing your own weight, making sure you're shouldering your weight so that your other teams don't have to bear that burden. So the other members of your team do not have to bear that burden. And, you know, I watch as people get upset, you know, emotion starts to arise. We have conflict. But then I speak to the team lead and I say, hey, brother, I said, you know, you you have the opportunity to shift this around, to work through it, because my number one desire is that you accomplish this mission. So I want you to shift and switch as you see fit. I want you to encourage. I want you to aspire confidence. And all of a sudden, you see a team start to emerge with great communication, great leadership. And when they cross that finish line, they know that it's all been worth it. All of that struggle, all of that toiling, all of that torment has been worth it because they've learned, they've reconditioned their minds to start to utilize these practices. Effective leadership is not a one-size-fits-all concept. Different situations may require different leadership approaches, and leaders may need to adapt their styles. That's where you come in. You have something to offer in this arena. Additionally, leadership is a skill that can be developed and redefined over time. And effective leaders are often committed to ongoing self-improvement and growth. Again, there is no one-size-fits-all answer to what is the most effective type of leader because leadership effectiveness depends on various factors, including context, your goals, composition, and the specific challenges that you are facing. Different leadership styles and approaches can be effective in different situations and multiple situations. So here are a few leadership styles, each of which can be effective depending on the circumstances. Transformational leadership. Transformational leaders inspire and motivate their teams by creating a compelling vision and fostering creativity and innovation. Servant leadership. Servant leaders prioritize the needs and well-being of their team members. They foster a culture of empathy, collaboration, and personal development. This can be highly effective in building strong, cohesive teams. But I also love the thought of stepping out when you're a servant leader, you are standing out as one who is engaged. You are standing out as one who has gone through it and who is leading by example, who is willing to step up and not just step back when those who you are tasked with leading and serving are going through it that you're involved, you're engaged. The democratic leadership method involve team members in decision-making, which can lead to higher levels of engagement and commitment. This is effective in situations where diverse perspectives and input are valuable. Situational leaders can adapt their leadership style based on the specific needs of a situation or the developmental level of their members that they're training. This approach is effective because it tailors leadership to the unique challenges at hand. Authentic leadership, which they lead with honesty, transparency, and a strong sense of ethics, lays a fair leadership. In some situations, giving team members a high degree of autonomy can be effective, especially when they are highly skilled and self-motivated. 
backing off, not being a micromanager, allowing your team to grow. And if that means failure in order to move forward, then that's what it means. You allow them that opportunity. Coaching leadership. Coaching leaders focus on development and growth of their team members. They provide guidance, feedback, and opportunities for skill building. And then transactional leadership, which uses a system of rewards and punishments to manage their teams. This approach can be effective in situations where clear expectations and performance goals are critical. And I want to challenge you to be all of those. I want to challenge you to be all and utilize all of those leadership styles from the transformational, servant, democratic, situational, authentic, laissez-faire, transactional, and coaching. What you've gone through in your life, I'm sure that you've engaged each one of these opportunities to be each one of these leaders and utilize each one of these models. But knowing your team will tell you which leadership style to engage in and at what time to engage that style for the challenges being faced. Effective leaders are often those who can adapt their leadership style uh, to suit the situation and who possess a combination of key leadership skills and qualities, including communication, empathy, adaptability, integrity, and the ability to inspire and motivate others. My friends, stepping into the unknown is terrifying. Humans love to have that safety net of understanding to fall back into. There is a certain confidence that comes with defaults. Knowing the outcome doesn't build confidence, character, and ability to lead. It builds laziness and complacency. That's my humble opinion. This ever-changing world is moving past yesterday's ideas in the name of innovation. More specifically, in my circles, the question continues to arise. How do I engage youth? How do I engage those that are experiencing trauma? How can I engage those that are experiencing depression and PTSD? Help, how can I help guide them to a path to success? It does not look the same for everyone. Therefore, you must recognize the names, the faces, the struggles, what makes them tick, what drives them, what are their passions, and what are their concerns. The days of I have the solution are over. This must be a collaborative movement. There must be a community and a pipeline of growth through legacy leadership, through people like you. Young people, veterans, children, professionals, name your demographic. There must be a collaborative engagement on every level at all times. If a young person does not feel like a contributor, then they will get bored and find reasons not to engage. You've lost them, and now it becomes a rescue mission. However, if you provide a purpose and a mission and a vision because you've established that trust and that confidence and a relationship, you have become a leader not so consumed with your own desires to move ahead, but a leader consumed with how you make those under you, beside you, and behind you move ahead. Providing them with direction and utilizing their strengths, you have now stepped into the role of a legacy leader. It takes a certain measure of faith, willpower, failure, and humility to be a legacy leader. Because legacy leaders pave the new innovative pathways, they bushwhack into parts unknown in order to make effective change in a world that is desperately crying out for direction and a steady course. The next generation of leaders must stand up. The old order, I'm sorry, is not going to cut it when engaging the next gen young person. What does this mean? It means that your leadership style must adapt. 
It must utilize the voices and the passions of the next generation. It must give validation to the ones who will come after us as a voice involved in the conversation. Stop looking at your scope and impact of leadership ending in the workplace. That is not what this podcast is about. You must take these ideals and innovative practices into your homes, into your churches, into your schools, and on to the streets. We, as a community, can be a positive impact in not only the next generation, the next generation of leader. This means young adults. This means young people. This means Everybody that you come into contact with have the opportunity to grow in the same area of leadership. If we want to experience effective change, we must be the leaders the next generation wants to follow. The most precious commodity that they are looking for is not money, fame, or fortune. Although that could be contested by judging you know, the constant barrage of social media posts and quote-unquote influencers. The next gen at the core is looking for validation, time invested, and the opportunity to have their voice and their ideas heard. They are looking to be a part of the conversation. You as a leader have a valuable resource right in front of you. Look around you. I would encourage you as you get out of your cars, if you're listening in your homes, look around you, whether it's children, your spouse, whether it's uh, somebody that you meet or somebody that you have a meeting with or you're networking and and you meet an incredible young person or a, a future leader, you have these resources all around you. So be a leader. What is it all worth if you gain the world and lose your soul, lose who you are? Lose your legacy. What is it all worth if we have no legacy of leadership recipients to continue in this fight? It really is on your shoulders. But I would encourage you, start out with one. Engage someone. Meet somebody and lead them. I was told in what we are doing with elite teams in Central America and in North America here would never work. It's insignificant. It's a gimmick, a a useless endeavor. It'll never come to pass. You know, what you're thinking is too crazy and it's really not going to engage anyone. I want to tell you a little story of what this means in my world and kind of give you some real, uh, some real life application. You know, we started this program a while back and you've heard it. If you, if you haven't go back to our first podcast about elite teams, where we started and how this all got to where it is now as an international endeavor to engage future generation leadership. It started with one. It started with a young man, and that continued as as he was being led into uh, eighty young people, and then the police force, and um, and I won't go back and revisit all of that. But where it's come to now is in training leaders in utilizing their uh, their the treasure that is within them and seeing uh, what might be hidden by certain difficult events that have transpired in their lives or. Uh, circumstances that they've endured, uh, poverty, uh, gang violence, you name it, is now we have the incredible opportunity as the doors have been open to step into the schools in San Pedro Sula, Honduras. And one might say, you know, and I've heard it said, I've even heard news reports on it, where how do we engage to combat this issue where you're talking about illegal immigration, you're talking about the gang violence, how that seeped its way into the borders of the United States, I'm not going to get into the political aspect of that, but I want to say that we we can have an impact where we're planted. 
you know, not having all of the Spanish, but learning Spanish and now fluent in Spanish, but uh, at the time really engaging the le- these leaders and utilizing their strengths, building those on the ground up. Now we are in 27 schools in Honduras that now we are engaging young people and young adults to not go to a gang lifestyle and to, uh, to build their communities where they're at. And I want to tell you uh, that right now, the vice president of the country has opened the doors to any school all over the country. We now have the opportunity to engage those young people and really make an impact utilizing their voice and utilizing their strengths and really building them up. That's how we make a difference. And not to mention the schools in the U.S. I can tell you with great passion that we've been given an opportunity to enter various schools where I'm planted here in Florida. And we're hoping to get out into different states in the U.S. to be able to engage with this same message. And I thought, honestly, if I could be transparent, I thought this was going to be a very difficult endeavor because as I look at the states from, you know, I I lived outside of of the U.S. for 10 years and, and just seeing other cultures, I'm seeing the United States and thinking to myself, you know what? This is going to be impossible. Uh, you know, we we look at the next generation and say, well, they're entitled and they, you know, their minds are just in their phones. And um, but really at the core of it, if you look at the the internal desire of a young person, exactly what I said, they desire to be validated, they desire parameters, they desire discipline, character building, they desire love on a different level. And you know, going in and presenting that in a way like a father would as a father figure you know, saw the response was incredible. It's almost like, you know, a a guy going into the gym and you see all these other guys and you want to puff up your chest a little bit and you want to, you want to make yourself known. You want to be on that same level. Well, the same thing happens when entering into the school system or entering into uh, a community here uh, in Florida. I see, you know, young people as much as they want to put on a front, like they have it all together and they they're just, they're hardcore and they don't want to hear what you have to say. I want to tell you something that could be further from the truth. I just trained uh, a couple of, of young ladies with, with their leader uh, the other week. And the response was phenomenal, was calling them out as leaders. I see leadership in you. I see this in you. I, I see the passion you have. I see the strong voice that you have in really promoting who they are. And you know what? They'll do push-ups until they collapse. If you engage them on that front, you call out their powers, their weakness, or their their strengths, and their their uh, and and when you call out their weaknesses, you know what? They take it because they want to puff themselves. They want to they want to be validated. They want to be encouraged. They want to be led. You know, stepping out alone in this endeavor, it was not an easy task. But seeing the the response and seeing the testimony that comes out of that, that's what I'm telling you right now. You know, empowering others, leading others, discipling others, standing them up, saying you have it in you. That makes our numbers go from just one capable leader to thousands of capable leaders. And right now, that's what we are operating with. You have the opportunity to make an impact exactly where you're at. You cannot remain in the circles that you are accustomed to. You must step out and take the road less traveled. You never know what one handshake will do, what one life changed will do. It will start a snowball effect. It will start a forward movement that you will see 
will engage and cause positive change in the next generation. This is how you leave a legacy that will last for generations. We are Elite Teams, and this is the Elite Teams Podcast. I'll see you on the field.